0: An apology to the future. As elders, we suffer the pain of our pasts. Niggles become nuisance. Ignorance becomes issue. Beauty becomes blemish. Choices made long ago become the chains of our present. Back then, I was free to take any path, oblivious of consequence. Now, having walked those paths... Those consequences force me to keep walking. An adult bound by the decisions of a child. I am who I am only because I was who I was. Will future me resent these words? Or will I look back as I do now with compassion, knowing I did my best with what I had? All I can offer is an apology to the future. I am sorry for the pain. My choices will bring you. (sighs) So, that's a poem titled Apology to the Future. I just wrote it recently, and then (laughs) the internet blew up with American news. And it sort of felt telling that that poem sort of (laughs) represents my views on a lot of these issues. I wanted to discuss and get into these issues. Abortion, religion, guns, and the fall of an empire. Possibly. (sighs) That poem, An Apology to the Future, applies to individuals. That's how I wrote it. You know, right now, I'm 34, and my life has gone down certain paths. I have kids, I have certain injuries, I have interests, I have skill sets, I have a following online, right? Where I am now is not a blank slate. Where I am now is a representation of the choices I made long ago. Choices I made in ignorance. You know, I chose to do certain things, make certain choices, cut people off, let people in, educate myself certain ways, do certain things, and that has led to me being where I am now. The problem is is that I made those choices without full understanding of what those choices will result in. I had no idea what having kids would do. I have no idea of the physical impact of the martial arts I did. I don't know what will eventuate from my online presence. I've started a bunch of new things that will put aspects of me out there that most people simply don't have out there, right? My decisions in the past are significantly impacting my present. They are the cause of my present for the most part. And obviously, the world has a vote, but I also get a vote. And I'm hyper-aware, and what I wanted to hope to project in that poem is that my behaviors now will also be writing my future. The choices I make now, even though I'm being molded, will eventuate in a future state. The problem is, is just like I didn't know when I was a kid how those those choices would impact my adult state, I don't know how my current state will impact my future state. I can make guesses, but no one knows. No one knows what will happen to themselves or to the world. And, you know, it's like that sort of thing of, I'm, I'm a study of history. I love history. And there's two sort of broad categories of historical consequences. The, quote, great man or great person idea of history that one person led history. They, by their actions, caused things to happen. And these are, you know, typically seen as the sort of big players in any history book. If you can list off any historical name, they sort of fall into it. But the counter-argument to that, or a parallel argument, is the trends and forces. So you would argue that given certain economic, socio-conditions, um, environmental conditions, resource um, deployments in the world, geography, a whole variety of, you know, other things and the trends and forces of the societies at play that will cause things to happen. And it just seems like, you know, quote unquote, great people sort of take the helm of history. But if it wasn't them, it would have happened with someone else. And there's, there's, there's proponents for both of these things. But if you apply it back to yourself in your own life, you can sort of see that, you know, some choices that you made caused certain things to happen for good or bad. But other times, it was the trends and forces of your life, the other people, the socioeconomic conditions of where you grow up, the education you had access to, the resources you had access to, the country you're in. You know, if I was, because this is be sort of an American-centric episode, I know with me, with my mental health, with my need of leaving home, with a whole variety of issues that I had, if I was living in America, My outcome would have been significantly worse given what I know of their healthcare and sort of social support system. I'm so grateful that I was able to move out of home early with support as in governmental support. It wasn't much, but it enabled me to survive. Now, was it ideal? Could have been different things have been done? Should the school that I was going to help me out more? Should like more things been follow up? Yes. But without, the supports that I was able to access through, you know, the, the society that I live in, different things would have happened. You know, and that's nothing to say that if I was in any, you know, a third world quote-unquote country, things would be different. So my actions and the, the, the result of the world's actions impacts. But that applies to countries. Now, I'm... I'm recording this a couple of days after the the change in American legislation, the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Now, I'm not a legal scholar. I don't know, but the gist of what I've got is that it's going to put the decision for abortion in the hands of the states, and that can mean that the states can choose to legalize it or to outlaw it, and then that will be causing a lot of issues down a lot of paths, and there's a lot of ethical discussions to be had here. There's 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 so many different aspects to tackle this on. Now, I I am loath to give my personal opinion because I simply don't have an ethical uh, education. I'm not a philosopher. I'm not a legal scholar. I'm not a geopolitical scientist. But I can report on what people think may happen if certain states outlaw abortion. It may cause people to have to travel interstate. Now. That that can happen for people that are rich enough and have the the ability to do so, but what about the people that can't afford to do it? Well, then they're left making choices of either having a baby that is unwanted, the cause of a sexual assault, a baby that may kill them when it's born, a baby that will be born um, with you know dead, you know, like there, there's all of these sort of sort of there's, there's a whole plethora of issues that that come into play when you could argue that an abortion would be legal morally appropriate on the other side of things people are saying that it's it's good because they you know are protecting the rights of unborn children and in certain circumstances maybe that's okay but I, you know it's it's so it's so um it's such a, 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 a a a, a sketchy topic to even wade into because, well, at what stage is an abortion okay? I sort of lean to, and I say lean because, once again, I I haven't given any issue enough consideration to form an opinion, and I'm sorry on that, but my sort of intuitive thing seems to be if the baby could survive outside of the womb, then that's that's a human, if that makes sense, but prior to that, it's not. Obviously, and I'm sure that there's people that are listening to this that will be (laughs) pissed off at me for even suggesting that. There's the legal arguments. There's a whole variety of um, religious stuff happening. It's, It's a mess. So I don't know. I just know that this change will cause a lot of suffering, a lot of suffering for people that are undoubtedly people. You know, the women that are pregnant as a result of sexual assault, those people are definitely people, right? If, if there's a debate over when a fetus becomes a human, there's no debate over when a when a woman is a human. <sighs> but it's not an easy decision. Prior to having kids, I was far more supportive of um, pro, pro-choice. And now now I can see more of the leanings towards pro-life. Not saying that's my position. I just think that there's such a nuance on this discussion that to jump onto one side or the other and just say unequivocally, this is correct without having a thought on it, that seems folly. I think there should be, because there's definitely circumstances that warrant the need for abortion. Most certainly. You can, you can list them sexual assault, um, unfixable illness or disability, um, Danger to the mother, um, and and beyond all of that, if it was an unplanned pregnancy, even if it's just unplanned, and the baby would be born into neglect or abuse. I mean, define the level of neglect and abuse. See, see, I can't, I can't, I can't form my opinion. And you know, thankfully, I'm not, I'm not in charge of decision making. I just know that it's complex, and that's sort of the 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 point of this discussion it's the point of most of my discussions is that I don't know there's a nuance. I just feel for the people that the women that are in this situation that are pregnant with a child that they don't want caused by things that they didn't like you know without that choice and now are being oppressed by their government into you know not having control of their body it's 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 a mess. You know, and like if we're talking pro-life and we're talking about an American system here, it seems like the healthcare system, the education system, the homeless issues, the the, the 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 rich and poor divide. Like, there's so many issues that if you're pro-life, then it's like, well, you probably should be pro a lot of other things as well. What about the gun control issue? You know, there's there's so much going on here that seems contradictory, and this is why I feel like we're seeing the fall of an empire. Once again, study of history. You look over over history and you see, you see, you know, Rome and all of these big empires collapsing. Sometimes it's due to environmental issues. Sometimes it's due to a collection of enemies ganging up on them, but sometimes it's caused, they're so strong that the only way that they can fall is due to internal divide. America is the strongest military by far. They have the ability to fight um, multiple opponents simultaneously, right? That's like, that's their doctrine. They want to know that they can defend both the East and the West coasts. They want to be able to protect the interests all over the globe. And if you put a dot where all of their interests lie, it's the whole globe is covered, basically. So they are militarily strong. An enemy from without cannot destroy them. But what is the weakness? Now, I can only speak from an external perspective, but this, this abortion debate is just another of the many, many, many things that We see from an external perspective as America just fighting itself. The, the, the trans debate or the um, gender politics debate seems to be ripping people apart or ripping the society apart. The gun debate, the, the rich and poor debate, the home ownership debate, the, 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 the response to the pandemic, the homelessness, like the, 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 the green energy. Like it's just, it's just no, on every topic, it just seems like there's just, vitriol everywhere that's being spurred by the internet i can't help but think that you know if you're an external country if you're a russia or a china someone that was not that was like you know competitive let's you know adversarial competitive let's, let's let's sort of label it in some perspective it would be in their best interests to stoke the fires you know if you know that you can't beat your opponent militarily well how do you win you win by getting them to beat themselves now, you see this, you know, back to the abortion debate, right? Like I said, I don't know the correct answer, but what I do see happening is that people on both sides are either significantly cheering this event and being like, we need to take this further, or this is an absolute abomination, and atrocity, a crime against humanity, against women. And they both have arguments, they both have points, they both have opinions, and they both have supporters, and they both have, quote, facts to back them up. So they're, they're, they're diametrically opposed. And this is just on one sort of conflict area. Like I said before, there's conflict everywhere. Take the gun issue. You know, there's every so often there just seems to be, you know, gun violence, gun violence, gun violence. And one side or the other says the solution to this is more guns, less guns, different education. Like There's, there's a whole variety of things. But what, you know, the answer to these debates isn't really the point here. I'm not going to be able to come to a conclusion. I don't want to convince you of a particular point what I want to convince you of or suggest is is the the risk that this is causing. I'm playing around this with this idea of capitalism, right? The idea of that the guys, the, the desire to make money trumps everything in a capitalist society, right? Capitalism can make you feel so guilty about polluting the environment that you want to do your part, so you'll buy a product that promises to give back a small percentage of that product to save the environment, but that product itself is polluting the environment, right? Like, it will cause you to act, to feel guilty about your personal choices whilst, you know, simultaneously providing you with a the only options being choices that perpetuate the problem that they're making you feel guilty about. You know, if you're, <laughs> who wins in this debate of abortion, right? Well, there's lots of lose, <laughs> people do lose in this debate. People are losing now. People are being oppressed and, and impacted now. But who wins? Maybe the people that are pushing for this change win. But who else wins? Every time there's a debate about abortion, guns, gender, um, inequality, the environment, news media wins, social media platforms wins, people pushing an agenda that like the conflict win. You know that could be that could be people within, people without, people trying to disrupt the West and also companies within the West that are profiteering from it. You know, if you listen to this and you like who I, what I'm saying, then I'm technically profiting from this conflict too. You see how that works? You know, hey, buy my books, right? (laughs) Check out the new podcast. It's, it's a mess. I, 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 I'm sort of bouncing around on this topic, but I like to just sort of like investigate, sort of share my, my opinion on all the different areas like, let's take religion. I was listening to a priest sort of preaching and saying, you know, you can't take one part of the Bible as gospel if you don't take it all. And, you know, if you if you think that the Bible is saying X, Y, Z, it might be. You know, if you think the the Bible is against homosexuality or against abortion, it might be. And you might be able to find scriptures that prove that point. But if you look hard in the scriptures, you'll find areas, I can't remember the, like the quote, but there's one in Leviticus that talks about not wearing um clothes of two different threads okay that's like a that's in the Bible so if you're going to say that you know homosexuality is an Abomination or an abortion is a is a sin then you probably should be wearing only cotton right you probably shouldn't have any sort of latex or any blended materials in your in your attire there's there's an old Simpsons quote where Ned Flanders is like I he, he's 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 saying something to someone, he basically says, you know, I follow everything in the Bible, even the things, even the parts of the Bible that contradict itself. Because, you know, a book so big that's been translated so often with so many different variations and sort of changes, right, it's going to have issues. And it was written before the internet. It was written before books, right? Wasn't it written on, like, skin? (laughs) You know, you, you take, you take that a step further and like people, once again, they talk about the constitutional rights to own a gun and abortion wasn't a constitutional right. So therefore, gun rights should be upheld by the, the, um, the, the, the Supreme Court, but abortion rights should be state, a state issue. They're talking about the constitution. That was written years ago, hundreds of years ago. How, how far into the future should that last? I mean, if we become a, interplanetary species let's say let's say the united states ends up colonizing the moon or mars or you know some other place right would they still be following the constitution that was written before electricity like what (laughs) it seems it seems odd to you know hark back to such a document and here's the thing and this is back to those trends and forces right Without a revolution, you can't change such a thing. It's like people don't like the current situation, so let's, like, destroy it all and start over and lock that new system in place. But if you try and lock something in place and not realise that the world changes and that things change, technology changes, perceptions change, ideas change, ideals change, well, you're doomed to repeat this cycle of boom and bust. What happens for the people? People are are like wanting a revolution, you know. But what does that actually mean? If you were to tear down the West, tear down America, what do you think's going to happen? Because unless you tear down the world, I guarantee you that China and Russia and these other major players that aren't as strong now, you tear down the West, you tear down a- America's uh, military might, you break it up. They will act, because of course they will act. There's this feeling that, that like, that, that, that we are like we are in the we are in the most future state that humanity's ever existed in right but it, it feels like the past y- 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 the people of the past were far more harsh or didn't get it but the future's going to look back upon us and be like well we didn't get it look how ignorant they were to xyz you look at the past and go oh my god i can't believe they fell into world war one look at look at the um the, the the complex system of um, alliances, and then compare that to what's happening in the EU with Russia and um and their their attack upon Ukraine, right? Like that to me seems markedly similar. You know, like if one of the one of the doctrines of um of NATO membership is that if one member's attacked, they're all attacked. So if you attack one NATO member every NATO member now is at war with you. So so you, you can't admit a member if they're currently at war. But let's say Russia backs off and Ukraine becomes a member, and then Russia decides to attack. Now everyone is, <laughs> everyone that matters, everyone that has, you know, a massive arsenal, for lack of a better expression, is now at war with Russia, right? If Russia or anyone attacks a NATO member, everyone's at war with them. That seems significant seems it seems like it could be catastrophic define what's a conflict define what's an attack you know there'll be weaslings and, and and manipulations and all of that sort of stuff there, there's a, there's ideas for talking about appeasement for for all of these things that you look back at history and you compare it to world war 1 world war 2 and you're like hmm you know like why why should we support ukraine well if we don't then that teaches russia and other countries that you can just attack and we will try and appease you and be like, just, you know, keep, keep the, um, keep the petrol flowing. Let's not cause the war. Let's appease you. Maybe. But if you don't draw the line here, are you going to draw it at the next country or the one after or the one after that? And that leads me back to the news cycles. You know, when, when Russia attacked Ukraine, it was all over the news. But now, already it happened in February. It's only a few months later, like four months later. There's still heavy conflict, like it's still happening. Ukraine is still under assault and it's not being talked about anywhere near as much. How long until we forget? How long until the West's eyes turn away to some other debate like the abortion debate, right? And I'm not saying this is a pre-planned thing by some higher ups to like, you know, deviate attention away. You know, the lizard people doing this sort of stuff. But what I am saying is that it might be a trend, A a fact of modern society, when you meld human attention with, when you meld human attention with the internet, what do you get? You get a very short attention span. And until the bombs are dropping on your homes, until your family members are being killed, it's very hard to maintain that rage at an oppressor oppressing someone else that's all the way over there and very far away. But it's very easy to be upset at inflation and gas prices and you know, your, your government um, <laughs> adding, adding, adding laws that will directly impact you or could impact you. But, you know, I'm saying this all from an Australian perspective. We, we seem to follow the US in a lot of ways. You know, a lot of, a lot of people in Australia seem to care more about American news than, than Australian news. And that's largely because I think we've got it quite well. Everyone's pretty chill. We're pretty easygoing. It's like, yeah, things are going quite well. Don't get me wrong. There are definitely issues, you know, <coughs> cough, the um, <laughs> detention centers. And it's, 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 not, it's not all uh, roses here, but we are such a small player on the geopolitical spectrum that it sort of feels, it's not, but it feels irrelevant. It feels like whatever our governments decide will be like, you know, <laughs> the highest tax bracket will go up or down by a percentage point. You know, the roads are well maintained, the schools are well maintained, our you know, you can get free healthcare. It's it's amazing here. It's lovely. Our, our the, you know, things just go well. There's very little corruption, it's just it's great. So we turn to Big Brother, United States and enjoy the drama that it comes, you know, like but the problem is, is it's like we're watching a train wreck. It's like I, I don't know a good analogy, but it's like you guys are like in the US are uh, sort of driving the world in a way. And I don't like that that's the case, but it is, you know. And um we're seeing you um, getting drunk at the wheel. We're seeing you take your eyes off the road. We're seeing you Put people driving that maybe shouldn't be driving again and again. We're seeing you infighting, yelling at the person next to you, the passengers. <laughs> and it's getting a bit scary for us, um, fellow drivers on the road because you're like a semi trailer and we're, uh, we're riding little push bikes. So, um, you know, please, uh, calm down and, uh, sort your shit before you fuck everything up. <laughs> it's, it's, um, It's, it's a bit, it's a bit scary. And it's, I don't know, I heard a quote being like, um, yeah, I I couldn't put myself on the left or the right wing, right? Because the left wing believes this, the right wing believes that, but they're all parts of the same bird. Perhaps we need more of a discussion. Perhaps we, we need nuance. And, and, you know, I don't know where this will lead. Who knows what the fallout from this will be. But, you know, there's, there's, there's arguments that, the United States is, or some parts of it is falling into this place of like a, uh, um, <laughs> a, a, a Margaret, At- Margaret Atwood, um, <laughs> style, uh, dystopic future. The Testaments and the, um, and the like. It's, it's not, it's not a great, it doesn't seem like a great place to, To to It seems like there's a lot of conflict. Like I said, I don't know what it's like on the ground in America, because that's the only thing. We see the uh, hyper-sensationalized news reports. What is it like over there? Maybe if you're living in the United States, you can tell me what it's like on the ground. But it seems like it's chaos. I was talking to an American friend of mine who lives in Australia, and that's telling, isn't it? Like, you know, the expatriates always have this sort of rosy view of the country, but they choose not to live there, which is interesting. Anyway. He said that the United States is amazing because, you know, you can live whatever lifestyle you like. You know, if you want to be completely free and open with your sexuality, with drugs, with this and that, you can live in one state. If you want to gamble, you can go to another state. If you want to live a, you know, for lack of a better expression, a religiously oppressed life or a, um, what would be the other way to say it? a, A conservative life um, under, under God's um, purity. <laughs> you could live in another state. That's all well and good. Assuming you have the freedom to move, but what if you're born into a state that you don't agree with? You know, if you're a religious Puritan and you're born into a state that uh, goes against your religion for multiple reasons, you have to accept that, try and change it, or move. If you are a member of a sexual minority or a um, want to use certain drugs or do certain activities, you have to move to another state. Well, you can move, but can you move, you know, like if, and that's like a lot of hassle and like, you know, it's uprooting you and your family and all of this stuff. Point is, there is no easy answer to any of this. And no matter what you choose, you're going to be wrong in some sense. So I guess I don't know any answers. I never know any answers. Is the overturning of Roe versus Way a good or bad thing? It seems to me on the balance to be a very detrimental thing, both for the people involved, but also for the society and thus the world in general. The, the turmoil caused by the change may turn out to be a sig- significant impact because it's just another grain of sand tipping the balance into a societal disintegration. Seems extreme, seems like doom and gloom. Seems like, oh, that couldn't happen. But like, at the height of Rome, you would argue that it would never fall. At the height of, not even at the height, just before the fall of the Soviet Empire, it was unclear that it was going to happen, right? England, England, you know, like the sun never sets on the English Empire. And then World War I and then World War Two happened, bang, bang. And it sort of set, you know. The, the 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 world turned to the United States because it made the most, it helped out the most, it had the biggest production, it was safe from the massive most of the fallouts from the war. The England England was the biggest empire to exist. Now it's still quite large. It's still a major geopolitical player, but it is nothing compared to where it was. The French and the Dutch before that, right? Go back into history. Egypt. And it's easy to think, like, these these places, oh, that was ages ago. That was then. But back then, it was now, right? (laughs) Back then, it was now. And it's easy to feel like now is different. Humans have this way of judging themselves and their current situations different to how they judge the world, different to how they judge other people. Well, I'm lucky. I'm not going to get hit by a car. I'm lucky. I'm going to win the lotto, right? It's It's easy to... Believe yourself to be immune. Until you're not. And I think that's where. We have such an issue with grief. And with loss. Because you get. Not only do you lose the thing. But you also get shocked by the fact that you. You could lose. What do you think happened. To the English people. Of the Roman part. Of the Roman Empire. You know the part in the south I think. That was blocked off by Hadrian's Wall. When. Rome withdrew. What happened? Well, things kept going for a little bit, and then it collapsed. Then the barbarians swarmed. And then history happened, right? What happens if America withdraws to the places that it's protecting? And I'm saying that from a perspective of knowing that they have bases in the top of my country, and that I'm grateful for that fact, because if they're there, that means that the weight of their military is there, that means my country is protected. I like having a uh, <laughs> a country that's you know the big brother bully um, protecting my country. Sorry, it sounds rude to say, but like if you you know if you have to choose to be on the side of the biggest person in the um, in the playground or the not biggest person, you'd probably choose to be the biggest per- on the side of the biggest person. But then it leads to this this sort of infighting and push because it's like well. You need to now make sure that that big person is handling its situation correctly. That it's acting morally. That it's acting ethically. Is it? Some would say yes. Some would say no. There's arguments for both. You know, there's arguments that if you looked to history and you looked at the power America had, that they would be extracting resources, you know, like Roman style, like, you know, just exporting just wealth into their country. And they're not doing that from a... <laughs> Are they? I mean, they're not, but the, the imposition of capitalism upon the world, so to speak, has. I saw an argument saying that the United States lost the Vietnam War militarily, but they won via capitalism. The the absolute abundance of stuff that went into Vietnam, that even though it falled, even though it fell, even though they lost, quote unquote, even though it's communist, <laughs> nominally, the, the impact of the soldiers coming in and the uh, businesses coming in and the stuff coming in showed the people that, you know, perhaps we are, perhaps that this is a bit more lucrative. Perhaps this is a bit more enjoyable. I don't know. Like I said, not geopolitical scientist, but, you know, if you look at society, the, 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 uh, the, the language that, all aviators you have to use everywhere is English. Why? Because that's a, um, it makes sense for every, you know, every airport to be operating off the same language because if it was different languages that would cause conflict and thus crashes, we measure time by the Anglo English American God, right? Like time started when he was born, when he died. I don't know. <laughs> so it shows my uh, religious, uh, religious uh, knowledge. Um, we, we measure time. Gwyneth, meantime, based on a place in England, right? It's pretty clear that currently the West is um, geopolitically in charge, and that's the homogeneity. We look at the actions they take, and they're you know entering Iraq, entering Afghanistan, and is that to for vengeance, perhaps? Is it to secure oil interests, perhaps? Is that why we're propping up Ukraine against Russia? Perhaps. Is the exploitation of such a massive military that the United States has on the level of other um, empires of the past? No. But do they use it to secure their interests? Most certainly. Should they use it to secure their interests? Well, perhaps. Like, I mean, is it their role to be the world police? Well, who who, who decides what policies those world police will follow? Everything is complex. There is no easy answer, and I don't know what should be done. But what I do know is is that if America fights with itself over all of these issues, eventually, inevitably, it will fall. And the fallout from that will be catastrophic. Absolutely catastrophic to everyone. And the countries, the societies, the world that emerges from that May be a better place, but living through that transition will be terrible. Um, it's It's not inevitable, but I'm concerned. And it's one of these concerns that I can't impact myself, my actions. If you go right back to the start, I can't impact what happens. You know, and, and, you know, I can't, (laughs) America controls a lot of the world and I can't vote there. And even if I could vote, it's argued that, you know, how much power does a vote have? Americans can take action, but that action is both the solution to and the problem itself. You know, if there's too much protests and civil uprests and this, all of this sort of stuff, well, laws change, you know, let's say society starts revolting and there becomes more and more violent protests. What does the other part of society call for? More and more extreme lockdowns, controls, governmental impacts, police intervention, military intervention, right? Do you see how, like, society becomes more conservative, more controlled, and thus potentially passing more of these, you know, laws that seem to be extremely conservative in nature? People people fear change. I fear change. They want to lock down things as they are. But unfortunately, the world does change. Technology will cause things to change. Resource dependency and um scarcity will cause things to change. The world will perpetually change and inevitably change forever. That's going to happen. So I just hope that we can sort of roll with the punches and, and make it through. I'd like to end with hope, but I'm not sure. But what I can do is suggest that if you're like me, you... Turn inwards. You focus on what you can't control and you take action there. You make the choices you can to best navigate the future and you plan and then you just forgive yourself for whatever things you got wrong. Maybe that's where we should leave it on this idea of forgiveness because, you know, we will get it wrong. Humans get things wrong, but it's how we, how we rectify those wrongs that really does matter. Anyway, I'm sure that I've said a bunch of stuff that um, you might disagree with. I've hoped that I can make it very clear to you if I haven't already. I don't know. I can give you my opinions, but there'd be so many nuances. And then if we had a back and forth discussion on any of these issues, we would come to very um, interesting conclusions. And you would highlight something and I would highlight something. But like I said, I haven't thought deeply enough on all of these issues to form an opinion on how I feel Specifically about the abortion debate. I have leanings, I have ideas, but I simply don't know. And that applies to every topic on guns, on, um, on identity politics, on politics in general, on the environment, on economy, on leadership, on anything. And, and some people will criticize me for not having an opinion because it's like, well, how can you not see clearly the truth, i.e., the truth that they believe? But the problem is is that other people will criticise me from the other perspective for not believing what they believe with the same amount of vigour, proof, evidence, support as you do. And that to me suggests that you're both wrong or that you're both right or that there's more nuance there. I want to leave with a final thought of this idea of religion being proof of your own morality. It seems like people's god Whatever God they believe in, this could be Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, whatever it is, whatever you believe in, that the tenets of that religion or the figurehead of that religion is basically, basically has the same morality as you, but maybe slightly more moral. And you you draw evidence from your Bible or your Quran or your holy books or your scriptures or the preachers proving that point. It's like, well, I believe this about X, Y, Z issues. And look, my God does too. Here's the evidence. But they're a bit, you know, they're, they'll, they'll always be slightly more moral because that's something to aim towards. And if people are far, far, far moral, far, far, far down that path, those people, you view them as as crazies, as zealots, as, you know, extremists. But the people on the other side of you, the ones that don't reach your level of morality or take a little bit of a more laxed approach to the religion, well, those people are heretics. Those people are heathens. Those people are barbarians. Those people lack morals because they don't quite reach your level. And look, look, my God, my book, my preachers, they're all proving my point. (laughs) It seems a bit funny that everyone seems to be like that because it's like, it just seems funny that your God believes exactly what you believe or you believe exactly what your God believes. Although they're just just ever so slightly better than you. Something to aim towards, right? (sighs) It makes sense that that happens but it's also hilarious to me that people don't see it. It's like, do you, do you select the God because the God's true, or do you select the God because God proves your point, or do you cherry-pick from your holy scripture to find evidence to support what you already think to be true? <laughs> I don't know, but it's very easy to argue with someone when you believe that, or you can cite evidence of literal creator of the universe once again, don't have an opinion <laughs> on the, the nuances of this, but to speak for God, as in my God says this, and this is the truth of the creator of the literal universe, says this, believes this, <sighs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a massive ego you got there, buddy. Particularly if you're reading from written words, you know, like how, how many times have you read a novel or a paragraph or a sentence? a text message and gotten the intention wrong, misunderstood, you know, God, like let's assume that your Bible is correct as it is, you know, there's no translation issues, no, no authors, you know, tweaked it a little bit for their benefit. Just let's assume that your Bible is perfect, your Bible, your Quran, your Holy Scriptures, whatever. Let's assume it's perfect. Are you perfect? Are you a perfect vessel of interpretation and explanation? I doubt it. And even if you are, are the people that you're trying to convince, can they perfectly understand your perfect explanation? No. They're human. You're human. We're all human. So even if you had the perfect word of God on the abortion issue, the gun issue, the whatever issue, we still wouldn't be able to act on it perfectly. I don't know. It's it's just a mess, hey? Anyway. That's enough for me. I want to encourage you, if you like this podcast, uh, give it a rate and review. If you didn't like it, just don't do that. Um, <laughs> um, you can also check out my other podcast, the Abundance Mentality Podcast, and the new one, the Kinky Conversations Podcast. It is going amazingly. I'm getting a bunch of positive feedbacks and reviews. It's a long-form discussion on sex, sexuality, kinks, uh, um, play, pleasure, relationships, all of this good stuff. I am having a ball recording it, and the people that are on are loving it, and the response that I'm getting back is outstanding. I've started a Patreon on it, so the people on the Patreon $5 tier, you get a bunch of bonuses, like access to a Discord channel where you can connect with me. I'm getting hundreds of comments every day, 30 to 50 DMs across my socials every day, hundreds of followers literally every day. It's exploding. So the best place to connect with me is on the Discord. Um, and yes, it's for the Kinky Conversations podcast, but anyone can join if they want to connect and chat and talk and all that sort of stuff. You get early access to the episodes um, because I'm releasing them bi-weekly. Um, so you get a bunch of early access and a bunch more benefits. So check that out. Um, you can head over to my website to check out all my books, the um, podcasts, my poetry, my fiction, my Skillshare and Insight Timer courses, all of the stuff I've got going on. And You can follow me at Zach P. Phillips to stay in touch. Um, connect with me. Talk with me. I, I, despite getting so much messages, I want more. I want to connect and just know what you're feeling. So, if you've listened to this podcast and it inspired something, tell me because I'm I'm all ears. Anyway, thank you. Um, and like I said, if you if you if it sounds like I believe something that you disagree with, message me and maybe we can have that a discussion back and forth because chances are I don't have an opinion. <laughs> chances are I don't know. Chances are I'm, I'm more curious about the discussion itself. Chances are I'm into the nuance. So connect with me, check out all my other stuff, rate and review the podcast if you like it. Stay tuned for the next episode. Cheers.